It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Welcome to the March 26th edition of Green and Growing. I'm your host, Ashley Frasca. Happy to be here with you today. For today's show, I've put together some of my favorite material, which includes some of your great calls over the last couple of months. So sit back and relax here with you until 9 o'clock, and then Dave Baker and the Home Fix-It show comes up. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to be talking about everything gardenias with Buddy Lee, and he is of Encore Azalea fame, so you want to stick around for that. And right now, opening the show with a special guest. I recently caught up with Dr. Joe Esposito. You know him as a host here on WSB Sunday nights from 7 to 9 o'clock. Dr. Joe, welcome to your debut on Green and Growing. I have, I'm have. i so excited to be here. Yeah, I mean, this cool. is so great. Uh, you know, so The listeners know, uh, Ashley and I, of course, are friends. We've been friends forever. And we were just talking in the hallway one day. Yeah. And I said, why don't I come on as a guest on your show and let's talk about the health benefits of things like herbs and spices. And you said... Totally organic. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I loved the idea. I'm so grateful for folks like you here at the radio station who give me show ideas. I don't think I've ever turned an idea down. We kind of cover a little bit of everything here mm-hmm. on Green and Growing. So this is the time of year that they're going to start going to the nurseries, picking up herbs, beginning an herb garden alongside your vegetable garden. You yes. know, we're starting to really think about those summer crops, Dr. Joe. So why don't you hit the highlights for me as far as, you know, I guess we'll talk about some of your favorite herbs, what you turn to First, for the medicinal benefits. Yes. Yeah. I always look at, whenever I look at food, I always think, is this going to be good for me? Is this going to be bad for me? And whenever I eat, I do that. And I hope my listeners do that too. But an herb, let me tell you the difference between an herb and a spice. Okay. okay? Do you know the difference? I stumped mm, you. Uh-oh. An herb could be the leaf and a spice could be what's derived from the plant. Uh, herb, very good. A herb is a leaf and the spice is the roots, uh, the seeds or things like that. Did so I really get that right? You got it right. I wish I had a bell here. I'd give you a <laughs> ding, awesome. ding, 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 ding. You that got it right. totally yeah. a guess. Okay. Yes. Uh, but most people just look at it for flavoring, but really the highest concentration of nutrients, you know, ounce for ounce, you're going to get from herbs and spices over any other food. So I really want you to consider putting herbs and spices into your food, not only for the flavor, but for the health benefits. Now, I'm going to talk about some things that I grow in my garden, that, and there's reasons behind it. My, okay. grand, my Italian grandfather taught me this. I, I want to start with cinnamon, though. We're not going to grow cinnamon, okay? That's kind of a weird thing. It's a bark of a tree. But cinnamon is great for stabilizing blood sugar. So people that are diabetic, people that have spikes, you know, they're high and they're low and they crash – Cinnamon is amazing for keeping that blood sugar stable. So if you just take a teaspoon of cinnamon every day, and you can mix it in with coconut milk, ramen milk, you can put it on your food. Amazing the health benefits of cinnamon. And so I really want you to consider adding that to your diet because not only does it taste great, it really helps stabilize sugar. Okay. So that's just kind of a, a fun thing I throw out there. So many people have blood sugar issues and diabetes. Real simple thing you can do and real cheap too. Yeah, Which is kind of nice too. So let's go through some of the stuff that I grow in my garden and why I grow them. Uh, I'm going to start with sage. Now, sage is kind of an odd one. Not everybody knows what to do with it. It works well with pastas. It goes well with sauces and things like that. But sage can improve brain function and memory. In fact, I was just talking to somebody before I came in the room here, and they were talking about uh, long COVID. And they said, you know, what's your thoughts on long COVID? I said, it's a real thing. They said, I've noticed a lot of people are having cognitive functions after long COVID. Their brain just isn't clicking like it used to. And I see that. But current research indicates that sage can be able to improve brain function and memory, especially in people with people with Alzheimer's disease. Wow. And so often in the medical world, we say you have Alzheimer's, there's nothing you can do, it's a long goodbye, it's done. Not true. There are a lot of things we can do from a health standpoint, may not reverse it, mm-hmm. but something as simple as sage, something as simple as a, a supplement called nitric oxide. Nitric oxide opens up your blood vessels and increases circulation to your brain. 
So nitric oxide we can get from foods, arugula. Load it with nitrates, which convert into nitric oxide. I love that. Watermelon. Mm-hmm. Watermelon has citrulline. Citrulline converts into ar- arginine, which, which converts into nitric oxide. So there are a lot of foods we can eat to actually help our body. And you can grow watermelons, of course, if you want to. I've, yep. I've done it before. By, I did by accident one day. <laughs> I have a stream in my backyard. I, I, threw, I always throw my compost just out, oh. let the animals eat it. And then one day a guy was mowing my lawn. He says, can I have one of your watermelons? And I said, sure. I thought he was joking. And I walked out there. I had this whole watermelon patch. That's fantastic. Incredible. It happens with pumpkins, too. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> by accident. <laughs> Accidental pumpkins. Uh, another one, you got to be careful with this one in your garden, is peppermint. Because peppermint will take over everything. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's inv- invasive. Is that yes, the word you use? It it's is. invasive. Yeah, um, smells great. Mm-hmm. What I'll do, I have so much of it, I'll just take it and just cut cut a branch off, put it in my ha- car while I'm driving, just because it has a nice flavor. But it really helps with digestive issues like irritable bowel syndrome, uh, nausea. So peppermint is great. You can just chop it up and put it in a salad, uh, or you can actually just make tea out of it. What about the oils derived from peppermint? Same benefits? Same benefit. Actually better because they're more concentrated. Okay. But I don't know I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to get oils I wouldn't out. know how to do that either. I think you use I like... would just sit there and wring out the little leaf until I see anything <laughs> squeeze out of it. I don't know. <laughs> see, like she's wringing a diaper, you know? With a tiny little funnel in this little bottle, just trying to wring the leaf out. <laughs> have a visual. I'll never get out of my head now. So. <laughs> But uh, peppermint helps relax the muscles like in your digestive system. Your colon helps with abdominal bloating. Uh, you can make uh, tea out of it. You can also make iced tea out of it. Oh, yeah. You don't have to necessarily make hot tea. So if you grow peppermint, cut it off, just throw it in some water, let it sit in the refrigerator and drink it. My grandfather used to take peppermint behind one ear and basil behind the other ear, a leaf of each. And he said it kept the mosquitoes away. Interesting. Now, does it work? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But- Grandpa Esposito always did it, and he always <laughs> and he, then he he just he was great. He had these huge gardens, and that is one thing, Doctor Joe, that I have realized you can't argue with success. Though gardeners have call it old wives' tales or whatever that have been passed down for generations, and if it's something they swear by, mm-hmm. a lot of times, I mean, it's not harming anybody, but there is no way to change someone's mind if they're convinced that you know they grow this plant a certain way or this flower works for that. Let him roll with it, right? Let him roll with it. It's not hurting anybody. Right. It's a do no harm, right? Yep. My grandfather always planted magnolias. Or, uh, uh, magnolias, the little ones. Uh, Gardenias? No, no, magnolia. The, what's the, the small orange flower? It's tiny, uh, real short to the ground. Anyway, he always grew certain f- plants around. Marigolds. Marigolds, thank you. Yeah. There you go. That's why you're the gardening expert. I'm not. <laughs> he put marigolds everywhere, and I always yeah. thought they were just pretty. He said, no, 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 it keeps the bugs away. It does. So marigolds, real easy to grow. Yep. You know, I was, inter- I was just at one of the big box stores yesterday, and I was looking at tomato plants, and they had them maybe five inches tall, mm-hmm. $5. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you could just take tomato seeds from last year, which is what I do, and plant them, plant them in February, put them in your house. That's what I do. And I've got probably four inches of tomatoes now, yep. and I've probably got 100 of them. Me too. I started my my tomato plants from seed about three weeks ago uh-huh. and you can buy a packet of seed i think about two different varieties of tomato from pike nursery the seed packet was no more than three dollars yeah exactly and so i have more tomato plants than i'll know what to do with yeah that, you gotta give them away yeah yeah mm-hmm. no, so that's a clark howard segment yes <laughs> being <laughs> thrifty right. and being efficient <laughs> with your money well what i do is i buy the tomato eat the tomato and use the seeds yeah um another thing that i grew by accident in my garden is turmeric I used to get compost from a health food store, and I used to just throw it into my garden, just bags of it and just whatever they've thrown away. And I threw away some um, turmeric in there, and now I've got turmeric growing everywhere. 
Now, this is one of the ones you mentioned to me when you stopped me in the hallway. Tell yes. me about how you grow it and what the benefits are. So amazing. Beautiful leaves. It has beautiful flowers uh, toward the end of the season. And you just take the root and you just stick it under the ground. And it's a rhizome? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And it grows underground and pops up everywhere else. And uh, it just put some in the ground. And each year, it'll just keep growing and growing. And okay. then you just pull it up. Wash it off and use it. Huh. Now, turmeric contains something called curcumin. Curcumin has so many health benefits. I think if I had to pick, like, the bet top three herbs to grow or, or, or spices to grow would be turmeric, garlic, and oregano. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's, it's amazing what it does. It gives it that yellow color. So be careful. It'll stain your clothes or whatever. It's very, very powerful. But such a strong anti-inflammatory. Uh, and, in fact, it matches the effectiveness of a lot of anti-inflammatory drugs without the side effects. Nice. So you can take turmeric. Uh, we, we have it. Uh, it's a supplement I sell on my website, drjoe.com, and we have turmeric supplements, which if you just want to take the pill, but the fresh turmeric's a little stronger, but you can mix it in with a smoothie. You can mix it in with a stir fry, mm. but turmeric is amazing, the health benefits of it. It's even been shown to help certain people, can- certain types of cancer. So it's crazy. It grows great. Beautiful flowers. Just pull it up. You're not good, unless you pull it all up. It's going to just keep growing on and on and on. With it being a rhizome, it certainly will spread over time. It can be considered a perennial because it can stay in the ground and it'll come back the next year. So you just mentioned your top three herbs, and I love that turmeric. And when we come back, I want to hear a little more about garlic, one of your other choices, because I know there are a ton of health benefits for that. So stay tuned. Glad you're here on a Saturday morning. Welcome to a new weekend. It's Ashley Frasca. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. The update on the weekend weather brought to you by Finley Roofing. We are back, and in about 30 minutes, I will have the top three things for you to do in the landscape this weekend and this week. But right now, with my guest, Dr. Joe Esposito, who has a show right here on WSB on Sundays from 7 to 9. And we're kind of going through, Dr. Joe, the health benefits of a lot of herbs, common things that people grow. And in the last segment, you mentioned your three favorite, turmeric, garlic, and oregano. Yes. So I want to hear about garlic and oregano. I will tell you my failed attempt at garlic, just like you said with the tomato seeds, the clove of garlic that I got from the store, it started sprouting in the pantry and thought, ooh, ooh, can't use this. So put it in the ground, planted it shallow. You have to wait months for a clove to do a whole new head of garlic or a bulb of garlic. So I got impatient. I had the beautiful green little stalks. Uh-huh. You're supposed to wait till they start to yellow and fade before you know that the garlic bulb's ready. And I just got too impatient. I dug it up too soon, and I was kicking myself because at that point you can't turn back. Right. <laughs> but for folks who are smarter than I and have done garlic successfully, I know that has good health benefits. Yes, and even when it starts to sprout, you can use those sprouts. That's oh, not bad. There's okay. actually a lot of health benefits, actually. And it keeps vampires away. That's oh. true. That's right. And uh, and, and dates. I, I, I said, no. <laughs> yeah, it does keep dates away, too. Right. Yeah, so garlic, like you said, is really easy. Take the garlic. Make sure you plant it with the pointy side up. If you point the pointy side down, pointy side down it's going to grow down. It's not going to work. Uh, I plant them usually the end of the season. Once I've tomatoes are gone and everything and the garden is cleaned out, I plant the garlic. Uh, it does good over the winter. And like you said, just wait till it starts to turn a little yellow. But the garlic is great because it also can keep bugs away. Yeah. Like marigolds. So garlic is great, easy to grow. Garlic is antibiotic, antiviral, and antifungal. Wow. And it's one of the few things in the world that's actually antiviral. Hmm. 
So by eating garlic, uh, it has so many health benefits as well. Now, if you get bad breath from it, you grow some parsley with it. <laughs> and parsley has chlorophyll, and chlorophyll will bind to what's called the allicin and allicin ace, which combines into garlic, and it'll help with the bad breath. Nice. So there you go. That's a little Italian trick. We, we Italians have <laughs> We talked about peppermint earlier. That could probably help, too. Peppermint work, too. Yeah, yeah sure. that's true. Cover it up, and the garlic will work, too. Anything with green, actually, with yeah. chlorophyll is going to bind to it. So garlic is great, and oregano is wonderful, too, because oregano is also antibiotic, antiviral, and antifungal. So the Italians had this figured out. They knew that it worked. They didn't know why it worked. Mm -hmm. And now science has proven that we Italians were right. So if you make a tomato salad, put in some garlic, put in some fresh oregano, great flavor, but really health benefits as well. Wow. And the tomatoes have something called lycopene in it. Lycopene can help with uh, inflammation, especially for prostate issues. So you, the, when you look at some of the old foods that were put together, uh, Indian foods you know, from India, uh, they used a lot of turmeric. Mm -hmm. Turmeric was wonderful. Now, they cooked a lot of their foods in India because they didn't have refrigeration. So then they would add antioxidants to the foods, too, and uh, because the food had to, would go bad without refrigeration. So they added antioxidants to help pr pr protect the body. They didn't know why it worked. They just knew it did. Like wow. you said, old wives' tales. But it's fascinating that you spend enough time researching these things and you're understanding why they work. You know, you're throwing mm -hmm. out some scientific terms which people may or may not have heard of, but proven that some of the things in these herbs— that's why they work. They work wonderfully. And the nice part is, like I said, they're easy to grow. Uh, you can just weave them within your garden if you want to. You can grow them in a pot outside your house. I, I, I love basil. Basil is great as well. Um, and I just planted my basil. I just got some dill yesterday. I'm going to plant some dill as well. And so use the herbs and the spices, folks. Even if it's dried, if you have to get it you know, from a store or something like that dried. Yeah. But grow your own. It's just amazing. And it it has is so fun. So, it's fun. If yeah. nothing else, I made this. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that you have all of this. And you have a lot of this information very handy, ready at your fingertips on your website. And you've probably also got podcasts of the show articles and things. Where do folks find you? Uh, DrJoe.com, real simple, drjoe.com. We have over 2,000 hours of podcasts. If you're a podcast junkie, just type in Dr. Joe for the health of it. Uh, we have chiropractic and uh, nutrition offices in Marietta, Duluth, Stockbridge, and West Cobb. So if you have any questions, you want to make an appointment, go to our website, drjoe.com. You can send me a question directly through the website. I'll answer it personally. I love it, Dr. Joe. Thanks for your time. I learned a lot. This was a good gardening conversation, one that I've not had before. Let's come back and do it again. We'll do it. All right, you take care. Coming up, Buddy Lee from Encore Azalea fame and my conversation with him about gardenias, and I'm trying my hand at a new variety, Diamond Spire. We'll see how that goes. Stay tuned. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to Green and Growing right here on your radio dial 95.5 WSB in Atlanta. 100 years old this month, WSB Radio, so congratulations to all my colleagues. It's going to be a fun month, certainly for all of us, celebrating being a century old here in Atlanta. So continuing on with Garden Talk, I know you love it, and I find experts who know the very most about their trade. And so this is something seasonal. Love talking about gardenias, kind of a southern quality plant when you think of magnolias when you think of encore azaleas gardenias fit right in so back on the show with me is buddy lee who is nationally known as a plant breeder and horticulturist and he's been on the show talking about encore azaleas before but buddy welcome back to green and growing 
Oh, well, thank you, Ashley. Um, enjoy being here with you. Now, we love your association with the Encore Azaleas. Just briefly tell folks how you are associated with them. With the Encore Azaleas, I'm the initial plant breeder and selector of the plants. I started back in the early 80s doing a lot of plant breeding and valuation. And over time, we've developed these multi-seasonal blooming azaleas, you know, and so that's kind of it in a nutshell. And I've also did a lot of other plants along the way. Also, I'm known for azaleas, but I'm, I really got all kind of little plants. I'm working on different different uh, species, genus types. Almost like, I, I don't mean this in a in a weird way, but a mad scientist, you know, once you get that itch oh. and seeing the fun stuff you're able to do, I'm sure you don't just keep it contained to one plant. No, I mean, I've had friends call me mad scientists and other, <laughs> you know, they say, what are you doing in your Frankenstein lab yes. today? You know, and I'm like, well, I only stick with, you know, the classic plant breeding. But <laughs> but I enjoy it. There's, uh, you know, I guess I'm just a plant nut. I just love to see it. And I love to see the different the diversity in the genus. And that's where I select a lot of my, my plants that are released. We do a lot of evaluation on our plants before they're ever released. This is the time of year that we're going to be really enjoying the beauty and the color of the Encore Azaleas. And, you know, of course, a lot of uh, true Georgians associate the Masters yeah. and Augusta with beautiful Azaleas, too. But today I wanted to talk to you a little bit about gardenias because we've got these beautiful plants that are evergreen, single white blossoms, usually known to be very fragrant I myself picked out um, the Diamond Spire Gardenia from the Southern Living yes. Plant Collection. And speaking of your Frankenstein lab and, and how we make plants <laughs> do what we want them to do, the cute thing about this Diamond Spire Gardenia is it's got an upright growth habit. So almost think about it rather than sprawling out in the yard like it, Buddy, to me, would be a good container plant. You know, as a thriller up oh, in a large pot. Is. So how do you do that? How does one make a gardenia, you know, with an upright growth habit? Well, what I do is not uh, super scientific. I make some control crosses or I grow a lot of uh, seedlings of gardenias. And, you know, each one of them is genetically different. And I just start selecting, you know, and as a young and I move them up and over time, I just start selecting out different forms of just finding a trade. And with Diamond Spire, this was a few plants I initially found, you know, years ago that had a kind of a crinkle leaf, but it's not crinkled. That doesn't, but it's it's got a, a shiny texture to mm-hmm. it. And so I just kept doing some breeding work with that and just bringing that trade out. There was two or three that was kind of similar to Diamond Spire, but the Diamond Spire it just had just very good uh, root system. It maintained a you know more upright growth habit, and it tended to rebloom better. You know, spring bloom, and then you would start getting some uh, blooms uh, later in the season, then the f- late summer and fall. And it only takes a few of the gardenia flowers to really bring that fragrance to to your garden. So that adds some you know, more fragrance to your garden. But but I just enjoy it. And, you know, every little seedling's exciting 
But, you know, you need to pick the ones that are unique and would turn out to be good garden plants. Right. Now, speaking of a good garden plant, and it certainly is, gardenias, again, like we said, known for their fragrance. And Mm. I remember as a kid, my mom cutting them and being real careful not to touch the petals because it would brown, but taking them inside and floating them, you know, in in a shallow dish of water in the house. But so if someone's looking at their landscape, buddy, and they're new to the southeast and they don't know where to put a gardenia or why to put a gardenia, what kind of spot is ideal in their landscape for one? An ideal spot would be where you might have some a dapple uh, sunlight or dapple shade, uh, maybe an eastern exposure, you know, sun, and maybe you know some protection from the hot evening sun, especially during the summer. But you would look for a place that was uh, well drained, you know, and if it's not, you can ra- raise the bed up. Now, you don't want to get in too much shade. You want to make sure they get some sun because it'll make them set more bloom buds. It'll make a better compact plant. But like I said, they're fairly adaptable to a lot of areas. Just they do not like wet feet, so make sure they do, you, you do not plant them in an area that holds water. And if you do, if you want that area, you need to go with a raised bed. Do not fertilize them when they're dry or over-fertilize them. That's a that's a good reminder for folks, and the same goes for houseplants, too. You know, we always tell you, yes. kind of water something a little bit first before you fertilize it. You don't want to run the risk of burning <laughs> it, for sure. Because those plants are dehydrated in any form, and they you know absorb that nitrogen. It, it will damage the roots and stuff. And what we spent all fall, buddy, telling people is, you know, fall is the best time to plant. We want you to get your shrubs and your trees <laughs> right. and all of that. So here we are at the end of March, and it's really been uncharacteristically warm since, geez, I mean, as far back as I can remember Christmas, you know, right. Christmas Day. But is this still a good time at the end of March to be installing gardenias and other flowering shrubs? Yes, it's a good time. You know, in the fall of the year when you plant them, they just tend to have more time uh, to root in before the hot, you know, weather, dry weather comes. But uh, now's a good time. You know, really, you can plant any time. You may just need to take more care of it and be more careful because as, as it goes into the summer, into the heat, you know, it's not really established in your bed. And so they, you may need to water it more, a little bit more and take care of it. Okay. And and on the flip side of that, too, uh, two weekends ago here in Atlanta, buddy, we had a hard freeze where it stayed, you know, for yeah. a number of hours, around 28 degrees. Uh, do folks right. have any concerns with, I mean, I'll go ahead and lump azaleas in that, too, but azaleas, gardenias, maybe if they didn't get a chance to cover them that weekend, what's what's going to be the outcome, you think? Well, hopefully they weren't, you know, in too much, you know, too much of a growth pattern. You know, most plants uh, can over that unless, uh, even if if it's hard freezing and a lot of foliage, it just just makes them. It could if you have new foliage and flowers on it, it just takes them out. Don't let it go into stress or anything like that afterwards. You know, like if it turns off dry or so. But uh, just just monitor them if you didn't cover them up. Most of them, I believe, most of them will make it. You know, a majority of them will make it. Plants always get banged around sometimes. You know, it's just kind of our, you know, our weather in the south. It's 90 degrees one day and 20 <laughs> degrees the next. Absolutely. <laughs> so see, folks, you but, hear that reassuring voice of Buddy Lee, the inventor <laughs> of Azalea, saying, hey, don't panic. It may be okay from that hard freeze a couple of weekends ago. Um, you know, that fertilizing... Some people even fertilize too much, mm-hmm. you know, all year long. If you have a lot of fertilizer there, especially in the wintertime, when warm weather comes up, it tends to crank the plant up a lot faster. 
just be moderate on the azaleas and gardenias. Just let them go into a good dormancy during the winter time, and let them slowly come out of dormancy. Yeah. If you have too much fertilizer, they may want to wake up too much faster. You know, there's a lot of food there for them to eat, the nitrogen. So that's good advice. And before I ask you a little bit more of a fun question to end on, uh, we're talking about maintenance of gardenias. So folks are always reminded, you know, please prune azaleas after they're finished blooming. Mm -hmm. That way you don't run the risk of cutting off new blooms for the following spring. Do gardenias follow that as well? That's something we need to prune right after it flowers? I let them bloom and I prune not not long after, after they bloom. That just gives the plant time to recover and get some new growth. And, you know, just get ready for it to be, you know, in the fall as it goes in the winter, you'll have, a, you know, enough mature stems and stuff where you'll have bloom, uh, bloom buds set. So it'll go bloom the next spring. So, yes, I would say right after it gets to blooming, if it needs to be pruned, yeah. if you get a long limb or a branch, something that's just out of, it doesn't really hurt just to shape it up with a couple clips of, you know, something that's unruly. Yeah, keeping pruning easy. It does not need to be uh, intolerable, that's for sure. Okay, so the fun part of me wants to ask you with your (laughs) eye and your horticulture background, I love gardenias being a feature with being evergreen and the white flowers. What are Mm -hmm. just a couple of good, like, companion plants that you would have maybe in a bed or a pot nearby that would complement gardenias? Gardenia is very adaptable to a lot of the plants we use in the garden. Paniculata, white wedding, would, would be a, you know, that would follow up with some uh, white flowers after the gardenias are bloomed. Or maybe even some of the newer varieties like Gardenia Jubilation may have some flowers even when the paniculatas are blooming. That's white wedding. Even azalea is a good companion mm. plant. They they kind of like that same type of, you know, soil conditions and things. Oh, I think that'd make for a beautiful landscape. Well, listen, Buddy Lee, thank you so much for coming back and this time talking to us a little bit about gardenias. I certainly now, after talking to you, feel a lot more confident about my diamond spire. I don't <laughs> yeah. want anything to happen to it, so I'm going to take good care okay. of it, I promise you. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad you like it. Well, next time we have a good plant to talk about, you are my guy. You'll be back on Green and Growing with me. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Ashley. Enjoy being here. Thanks, Buddy Lee. Appreciate your time. When we come back, the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend, it's 95.5 WSB. The update on your weekend weather brought to you by Finley Roofing. So coming up in the next little bit, more calls. And I see one on the screen right now, Casey calling about plants for a pool area. And that's so funny because I'm just talking to Buddy Lee about different varieties of gardenia. And uh, the one that I am certainly trying, Diamond Spire Gardenia, more of an upright habit a smaller little compact plant, good for a low hedge. But hey, it's good poolside too. So there's an early tip for Casey who's holding right now. Um, But I'm going to be posting a video on the Green and Growing WSB Facebook page just about simple installation of this Diamond Spire Gardenia. Haven't decided yet whether I'm going to keep it in a container or put it in the yard, but nevertheless, I love that he said dappled shade. You know, that's going to be suitable for a gardenia. Of course, you can find different varieties of gardenias as well at all the Pike Nursery locations. You can go online at pikenursery.com and read a little bit more about Buddy Lee. Fascinating background at EncoreAzalea.com. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. 
All right, this one you may have to look carefully. You may not, but you're on the lookout for ambrosia beetle on your crepe myrtles. You know, they're finally starting to put out growth from being whacked back over the winter time. So what you'll see is a toothpick-shaped, like, sawdust hair coming out of the trunk, and that's where the beetles have bored their holes. Once you see them, though, a fix is near impossible. So best to preventatively spray susceptible trees very early in the spring to avoid that. Number two, remove spent camellia blooms from the bush and from the ground. These are the blooms from your beautiful japonica camellias, and they're about finished now. So by doing this, what you're doing is preventing camellia petal blight, uh, and that can live in the soil. And that's really just a good environmental practice for most plants anyways. As I was pruning, uh, pruning my knockout roses back in February, I did some major, major pruning, you know, took it back to where they're only 12 inches high. Uh, but removed the spotted, diseased leaves and all that kind of thing from the base of the plant. Just a really good practice to get into, of course. Wear gloves, have a little five-gallon sheetrock bucket like I do, or a lawn refuge bag, and you'll be on your way. And number three, repot houseplants that you plan to move outdoors. Their roots need more room as they'll grow rapidly, getting that sunshine. And remember, stick with a new pot only an inch or so wider in diameter than the one the plant's currently in. You don't need to move a plant to this huge pot. Just gradually go up in size, introduce some fresh soil in there, And that's kind of a word to the wise. The weather is still tricky. We're not out of the clear yet here at the end of March. So when you do start to move these things outside, don't put them directly into the sunshine first. Kind of start introducing them to the sunlight. And, you know, thinking about that, too, if you started uh, vegetable plants from seed maybe a few weeks ago or you haven't yet, it's not too late. But that's one of the same things as well. Hardening off is what they call it. And that's something that's so tender that with the seedlings for new vegetable plants, you want to take them out a little bit of sunshine at a time, right? You don't want to kill them or burn them or anything like that. So houseplants are kind of the same because they'll definitely show you signs of stress in the leaves. All right, when we come back, more of your calls on green and growing, and then we'll be talking a little bit about camellias at the bottom of the 7 o'clock hour. And want to remind you, too, next Saturday, Clint Waltz from the University of Georgia, turf grass expert, is coming up on the show to help us build a successful lawn. So right now, catalog some of those lawn questions you have. I think I'll have an hour or two with Clint. And I definitely have some basic questions that you all have maybe approached me with in the last few weeks that I want to get very clear and concise answers from Clint. And we can kind of continue on together in this journey of toughening up your lawn. It's greening up. It's going to be beautiful. And you're going to be killing weeds all spring and all summer long. Stay tuned. You're listening to Green and Growing. Glad you're here on a Saturday morning. It's Ashley Frasca, and we'll be right back.